What's up guys, Joe Stevens, Duran Stapleton, got Donnell in the house, doing his thing behind the scenes, and this is the Inside Dirt Show. It is episode 9, we're coming to you on uh, Monday, 3rd of June, uh, we are down here in freezing cold, wet Victoria, and Duran, I think I saw you riding a bike this weekend, how was it? I did have a little bit of a ride, which is nice, first time in, what I think, over 7 months, so yeah. Uh, it's good to be out there, sort of. You kept that on the down low. I saw the Instagram from Rye Park, and I was like, "Wow." I guess I'm not much of a social media person, but yeah, no, I got to have a little ride and uh, rode a Suzuki on the Saturday, and then I uh, borrowed a mate's bike on the Sunday and, and had a go on a Honda. So it was nice to be out there and and get some laps in. But damn, I was rusty, especially in those ruts out at Ride Park. I was hopeless, but it was nice. Yeah, I was going to go out there on the weekend. Um, my little guy. Uh, he turns one next week, but he got sick uh, over the weekend, so I had to stay home and kind of help mum out with that. But it, what, with all one the, years old, you have to get him on a bike now, wouldn't you? Crack, oh, dude, I just today we went to Big W and we got him a little, um, like a little three wheel push along thing. Yeah, and I already got stickers and mini plates all over it and stuff. He loves it. You got to start him early. Just crack the whip. It's funny, dude. Like he's scared of the blender and the and the vacuum cleaner, but you put him next to the four fifty or sit him on it and take him for a ride. He don't care. It's kind of like racehorses. You put them around bikes and they don't get startled. I'm not comparing your kid to a horse. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my kid is a racehorse. At she, the two-minute mark. Duran's already said something yeah. stupid. So, you know, we're off to a good start. Yeah, I'll tell I'll tell my missus that she's in the house. I'll say, hey, babe, Duran said Grayson's a racehorse. Got to start him young. File up Stevens. Yeah, I was, I was going to say file up, but... Racehorses can make you quite a bit of money, so... Yeah. A little cash cow. Now, now I've called him a cow. A horse is a cow. I mean, many, I mean, dirt bike riders can make parents money too. Oh, I think they cost them a lot of money. I mean, you just got to start them young, get them to the states, maybe. I guess. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be a mini dad yet. Anyway, this is like I said, episode nine inside dirt show, and we are coming out on Monday, third of June. Now we've got a few things going on tonight. The manager mum, uh, fifteen thousand, was on this weekend. Um, might be possibly the hardest race in the history of motocross to find anything online about what actually happened. But we've got Regan Duffy on um, in just a little bit. He's going to be our first guest of the night to tell us all about his maiden victory. I think he's the youngest guy in the history of the event around to win it. Um, and he's an MXD rider. So he went up against the big guys in, uh, I think they called it the All-Stars or the International or something like that. We haven't seen a uh, young bloke like that come through. And he's not even... Uh, racing a 450, obviously, he's in the MXD class. So for him to come out and beat, arguably, like, our, our best riders in the country... We beat Gibbsy, beat yep. Cloudy, beat Melrose. So they're all championship contenders who are... Maybe Gibbsy's hurt now uh, at Murray Bridge to kind of wreck his points, but they're all guys that are contending the for the championship. elite level in the country. And, and for him to come out and beat them and be an 19s guy... It's, he could be one of those guys that I'm just Tiffany straight wrote a, over to Europe or I'm, something like that now. Tiffany wrote a 350. He did? I oh, think okay. so. 
Um, we'll have to ask him that. Yeah, I'll ask him that in a minute. But well, obviously, I think he would have struggled on 250, but who knows? Manjimup's quite a fast track, so that's, that's pretty impressive if he was on a 350. It's impressive either way. Either way, yeah. Um, so we're going to talk to Duffy. We're going to get the rundown on what went on at Manjimup. Um, then we are going to talk to um, – well, we're not going to talk to him from America, Duran, but we are going to have a chat about the Colorado AMA Pro Motocross round number three. Yep. Yeah, number three. Um, we got the Aussies over there. Lawrence, got Todd Waters, we got Wilson Todd, we got Dean Ferris, Cody Cooper. There's a bunch of guys we've got to keep an eye on out there. So we're going to run everyone through those results and just sort of have a chat about what's going on there. And then a little bit later on in the show, we're going to have Jack Simpson on the phone as another guest. Jacko is up at Fink now, finishing off his pre-running and getting ready for Fink. So we're just going to have a little bit of a chat to Jacko and get a rundown on the vibe about what's going on for Fink. So, um, yeah, should be interesting, Duran. I'm excited to get Duffy on the phone. We're going to do that um, in just a moment. Um, but you, you've never, never raced manager mum. No, I've never had the chance to um, get over and do it. We, I think it was in 2014. I was hoping to uh, do it because uh, we were over in Wanneroo racing, but I just don't think it ended up happening. But um, yeah, it always looks like a cool event to do. Uh, it would be cool if I could get it uh, publicised a little bit more and and. And for, so for trying to follow it on the weekend, there wasn't really any updates. So it was it was kind of hard to see what was going on. And even the race format, I've no idea what's going on with that. Well, that's what I was about to say. We just went through and had a look at the results then. And, and uh, like I said that last week when we were talking about the event, I feel like it kind of um, – this event's like an old-school international. Like they used to run in Europe and, and you know – before the MSGP days, they had all these like one-off international events. And they still have some in Europe in different countries, but like they had races called the Repertage. They got the All-Star, like the, the one-lap dashes, like all this stuff going on. Like there was literally like a hundred events listed in the live timing. And that's why I'm kind of excited to talk to Regan because I really couldn't figure out how he got that win. Like there was so many different results. Well, all I could really find was uh, on Moto Online, but the uh, press release was a little bit confusing um, with some of what the results said. So uh, hopefully next year they can get someone over there or something like that and, Dude, it's and such have a some live timing or something going on. Because I was trying to follow it throughout the day and, and really couldn't find any results apart from at the very end when you saw the podium. Such a unique event, but it's cool. I mean, we need more of these standout, like, one-time events. But um, we're going to get Duffy on the phone in just a second to have a chat with him. And that's a pretty big shake-up, Duran, like a, a rookie winning an event of that magnitude like for his career that's a big deal well the thing is if he was in the mx2 class right now how in the nationals because he is on a 250 in the mxd class how do you how do you think he'd be going because to come out and beat australia's best at an event that he on a bike that he doesn't normally race on i think that would be the first race he's like national race that he's done on the premier bike as he's he's one and one for his debut on in the Premier class definitely isn't going to hurt his stock as far as his career goes. But I mean, like you said, is he going to be one of those guys that just kind of bypasses the MX Nationals altogether? Um, he might well be. Well, if he keeps his form up and and wins races like this, you'd expect that uh, Europe would take notice and hopefully he can get a ride over there. Well, let's talk to the man himself. Uh, we've got him on the line now. Race line at Thor KDM's at Regan Duffy. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. We've got uh, myself, Duran Stapleton, is uh, in the studio with us. He'll be asking you some questions as we go along. Um, but uh, first off, Regan, congratulations on the Manjimump win, mate. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. Um, so tell us tell us all about it, because I think I just sent you a text before, and, and I said, like, we were 
maybe a little naive to the event. Like obviously we go to Olympics nationals and it's a very similar format. This event runs a completely different structure. It's like an old school international type deal. Um, tell us about the weekend because there was a whole bunch of racing. You ended up getting the overall win, but how did it all go down? Yeah, it's strange. They sort of they run a practice day on Friday, like that's optional. But then it was it was all different the racing to what it was in the program. Like it was meant to be two qualifying races, a shootout, and then like two five lappers or something. And then it ended up being um, one qualifying race, and then three eight lappers and a shootout. So when the shootout is that, how many motos is the shootout just one? Uh, so it's, a, it's like a one lap sprint and each time they cut the field in half. Oh, like that, like that kind like of format, a, the, like an eliminator the, type thing. Yeah. And the final goes down to like the final three. Wow. So, so one lap at a time. So does that count for any points for the overall for the event? No, nah, that's its own thing. Money? Yeah. I think it's like three grand. And you got that one? No, nah, I didn't nah. get the shootout. I was, <laughs> I was, I was actually going around the outside of third to get into the final, and I false neutral. Oh man! Yeah, I was pretty pissed about that. Yeah, I mean the, the overall win's nice, but an extra three Gs wouldn't hurt either, right? Yeah, it would have been nice. Um, so tell me, this is uh, did you run a two fifty or did you run a, a three fifty at this one? Oh, actually, I actually just a stock 450. Oh, you run a 450. I, I could have saw us or something on Instagram the other day. You were running a 350 in, but I might have misread it or something. Uh, well, in in like pre-season training, I had a 350, but now I've got a 450. Wow, okay. So you just stepped straight up to a 450 for that event. Yeah, I got the 350 like just thinking like that's, that's sort of the next step for me. It's just a, like a really fast 250. And then I'm racing MX1 over here and I was like, there's obviously sand tracks all over, so I'd go to the track and we'd be going down a straight and a 450 would just blow by me. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck this, i got to get a 450. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially <laughs> racing like those CDR bikes and, and Mel Ross and those guys on 450s, it probably wouldn't have been a lot of fun on a 350, hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so wow, that's a pretty big deal, man. I mean, for an MXD rider to go out and, and um, Instagram's kind of been blowing up today with everyone giving you a lot of um, positive feedback for winning, but... Duran and I were just talking before we got you on the air. Like we haven't really seen a youngster kind of step up and make noise on a on a big bike in Australia in quite a while. So um, I mean, I know you're a bigger kid, but that's still quite a jump up for you going from MXD to MX1 and and beat like beating those caliber of riders. Yeah, it is. It was like I've been dreaming about that race forever. It's been a goal of mine since I was a little kid. So I've always worked towards it, and I I knew I could do it, but it was just. Uh, thing of like see how it plays out on the day and I was I was lucky enough to get it done. With having uh, so much success, obviously in your first race in the uh, Premier class, would you forego the MX2 class next year and go straight to MX1 if you had an offer? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I love the 450. Um, I, I definitely think I'm more of a 450 rider. I, uh, I think I'm like already maxing out the 250 if that makes any sense. So like to 450 is just like that next step for me and I just want to keep working at it. But like I'm definitely happy to just bide my time on the 250 and go to MX2. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a catch-22 where we, we talked about it a few episodes ago on the podcast, Regan, we had uh, Jesse Dobson on and Dobson was one of those riders that was on a 450. I think he was 18 years old or around there. He was in MX1 full-time and 
I think it's all yep. well and good on the 450 until it goes bad with the injuries um, for the younger guys. And not saying that would happen to you, but obviously, you know, those bikes bite back a lot harder than a 250 when thing goes wrong, you know? Yeah, it would definitely be a lot harder. Like, say you got an injury on one and then you're trying to come back half-assed, the, the thing doesn't mess around. They're a big bike. Let's um let's go back a little bit. Now, obviously, you're from you know the management victory is is a pretty big deal for you being from WA in the first place. Um, you know I don't want to keep you too long. I know you got some things going on tonight, but you know for the listeners, you know you're in MXD right now. You know some some people in the industry like myself, you know, are in the in the junior scene a lot. Like we know a lot more about you, but you know coming into the professional ranks, you know the MX Nationals coming from Western Australia, like we see some guys come over, but it's, it's getting fewer and fewer that are, are making the trip over from WA and few to be so successful doing it. Like take, um, take the listeners through sort of your, your junior steps into the pro ranks and, and being from WA, like, uh, like I said, it's, it's not something we see a lot of anymore. It's, it's a lot of work for you guys to get over. Yeah, it is like, um, it's sort of a, it's a bit of a gap right now. Like there was the guys, um, there was like Rikers, Webster, um, them sort of guys, that group came through, Conatini. Um, but since then, like for a couple of years now, there hasn't been many WA people making the trip. And I'm sort of the only one at my age right now from WA that's like going over and competing and whatnot. But um, there's definitely, there's, there's probably, I don't know, four four kids coming through in juniors right now that I reckon have got what it takes. Like they're real fast. So they could end up over East anytime soon. But, um, yeah. So you stayed busy, uh, during the break in the MX nationals, obviously racing Manjimup. Uh, are you staying over in Western Australia now, uh, for the next few weeks or are you making your way back over, uh, getting ready for Gympie? Uh, I've got to stay here. I've actually got a state round on, in a couple of weeks, but then hopefully I'll be back over with Ross Beaton in Victoria training. Probably a good program for you. You can kind of split your time between East and West and be home for a little bit and, and ride the sand and then come come across the East coast for the nationals. It's a, not a bad program you got going on really. Yeah. It's good to get back. Like I've got all my friends and family here, so it, it definitely, it's good to break it up a bit. Like just it's flat out training in Victoria. So I don't know. It's a little bit more laid back here. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit different over there on the, on the west coast. But um, so talk about you know moving forward now, Regan. Like I said, you're you know you're you're still pretty young. You're a rookie in the MX Nationals. You're doing this first year of MXD, which um, to me is kind of in business as usual for you. Moving up from juniors, it doesn't really look like things have changed that much. How's it been racing at that next level? I love it. It's. Um Man, these guys don't mess around, hey, so it's really fun for me. And juniors, like, sort of WA, there was there was always, like, Matt Fabry, Corbin Weiner, a few of them guys that would um, be there. But it, I could win. I could win by, like, a fair bit some most of the time. So now coming, these guys, there's, like, we're all within a second, the top five. So, yeah, it's it's definitely different, but I love it. Yeah, it looks like, and, and you've definitely had the quickest, like the steepest learning curve. I, there was a group of juniors that you came up with that are racing MXD that not, I think, were on your level, but they were close to your level. Um, but they definitely haven't adapted as quick as you have to the pro ranks. Um, clearly, you know, adapting to the 450 as well as you have a management, it looks like you kind of 
find your feet quickly in a new environment. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really like messing around. So <laughs> <laughs> just, just get the job of, done. Yeah. Yeah. I just decided I'd get it done. I think. Man, talking about juniors real quick before we move on. Um, I got a, I never got a chance to talk to you about that crash you had at um, Tasmania last year. Um, scrubbing that jump and just, I mean, you kind of broke the internet with the whole Instagram reposting going on. Yeah. What? Ha- I mean, you just scrubbed the dishes way too hard and blew a foot off the peg, right? That's basically what happened. Yeah. Well, I, I was in like, I don't know, 20th or something. And in two laps, I was like pushing for fourth or something. Like I was just riding ridiculous doing stupid scrubs everywhere and I I came up to that jump and I did this huge scrub and I clipped my foot on the top of the up ramp and then it just like ripped me off the back of the bike and yeah that was all she wrote yeah that was a what happened on the downside because none of the videos really show that did you kind of just follow over the front of the bike or did you land on the bike like what was the deal well um I'm pretty shit at letting go to be honest like I just lock onto my bike when I'm having a crash so I was like doing a full handstand and then eventually let go and I just landed flat on my back and all these and yeah just bouncing cartwheeled off the track yeah so for those of you guys that don't know that are listening um I mean if you go on Regan's Instagram if you go on MX Fails I mean it was pretty much on every crash page all over Instagram but that was from the junior uh junior Aussies junior nationals last year so go back to about October or so last year or September and you'll see this crash. But it was, I'm sure everyone knows what we're talking about already, but if they don't, you got to see it. Cause I was impressed you walked away from that one. Oh, I think we lost him. We lost him. He's checked out, dropped the mic. Rick, <laughs> Rick, Regan. Oh, Regan's gone. Oh. I mean, this doesn't go out live, but we do record it live. It's all good. I mean, we'll try and get him back, but um, I mean, like I said, that's a big deal to Duran. I didn't know that he actually rode a 450. Yeah, so that's pretty cool in itself that he can step up. And I, I know you said he's a pretty big dude, uh, so it's not that big of a stretch for him to come out and, and race the 450, but still super impressive to do it against uh, the top riders that we have over here. I don't think we're getting him back. I think his phone's died, so he might call us back in a little bit. He said he was out to dinner when I was texting him before to get him on the show, so maybe he'll he'll call back later or something. So what's more surprising to you uh, that Clout didn't end up on the podium or that Webster actually – if Duffy hadn't won, we'd be talking about Webster right now because he won the last two MX National Rounds and then he's just come out and podium Manji on a 450. So the only asterisk I'm going to give Duffy and Webster is they're from WA. That That's the only thing you can say. But what gives is one at three times or something like that? So it's not like – the some massive advantage being from WA. Yeah, true. I mean, Gibbsy has definitely done well there in the past. Um, Webster and Duffy, have, uh, this is what this event's cool for because it's kind of like a win-win situation for those guys. If they go over there on a 450 and don't really do that well, it's experience and no one's going to really look at it any other way. But if they go out there and kill it like they have now, well, when it's time to negotiate for next season, they've got some stock. Well, Duffy surely will be on the sort of the radar for... I know we don't have too many teams with rides open but he just beat all the all the top guys in australia so uh for him to you know can you actually do that you can go from mxd straight yeah, to poverty. the rules are you only have to do one year of mxd so is that a rule so for someone like regan surely he'd just want to go straight into mx2 and out of juniors he's good enough yeah a lot of a lot of guys do um, so are they so they're not allowed they're not allowed to you have to do one year of mxd 
Really? That's yeah. interesting. I wonder. It's like a Malkowitz or, a, you know, those guys. I know Dobson back in the day wanted to go straight to MX2 or MX1. I feel like if you're as good as Duffy is, it would almost hamper him doing a year in MXD when I guess you build up the confidence winning and everything like that. But when he's at the level that he is at, he could be contending for podiums in the MX2 class. I agree, but I also think that where the industry and the sport's at, it's kind of a catch-22 that you want to text him real quick and just say if he's <laughs> if he gets his phone back on, give us a call back. Um, you know, back in the day, maybe when you could go into MX2 and sign for good money and maybe there was a good money deal or, and, and it was going to really keep your career. But, you know, I think the industry now has got this sort of plateau where the MXD class is in place with the uh, deals that keep these riders in the series. Like, there's not big money involved. They they got support from the manufacturers. Well, if we got him back, we can ask him right yeah, now. Yeah, true, true. Uh, Regan, we got you back, mate. How you doing? Yeah, not not too sure. I haven't there. Sorry about that. No, nah, it's all good. I thought we were boring you. You just dropped the mic and, and rolled out on us there. <laughs> nah. Um, I can't remember where we were at, mate. I won't keep you too much longer. I know you got some stuff going on, but... Um, you know, talking about MXD and, and then moving forward, um, what was your opinion on that? Like, obviously, you kind of have to do MXD with your first year. Were, were you kind of bummed out? Did you want to go straight into the big classes? Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't afraid to get thrown in the deep end, like if I could go straight to MX2, but um, that's not the case. you got to do a couple of rounds in MXD before you're allowed to go. So it ruins both championships, like if you were to leave one to go to the other. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy to just learn the format. And, um, yeah, it's been good so far. So it's definitely definitely uh, a bonus to be able to do it. So I'm not going to be just going into MX2 next year and, like, not knowing how everything works. Yeah, that that is the, the blessing of that series is it really gives you a, a, you know, a learning curve. I mean, but you did the Rising Star Rookies and – the 125 cups for a few years before that. So, I mean, you knew the system, but, um, you know, either way, let's, let's move forward now, Regan. I mean, obviously you, you're doing really well in MXD and, uh, I don't want to put the curse on you, but I feel like you're the, the odds on favorite for that, you know, that title this year. Now, have you really put much thought into 2020? Like, are you, are you shopping around for anything in Europe? Are you wanting to go to the USA? Like, do you have a, a format that you're looking to follow as far as a blueprint for the rest of your career? Um, well, I was thinking at this point, I'm just going to stick with Raceline, hopefully, and, uh, have a go at the MX2 in Australia. Um, I don't think I'm like ready to just go over and kill it yet overseas. And I don't really want to go until I think I'm competitive. So yeah, I just, I just don't want to go there underdone. Yeah, I think I think you see when when riders do rush that jump to Europe or or, or the states or wherever they go, it, it can really be a one way ticket to come back quickly, and it kind of derails a lot of people's careers as well. Yeah, for sure, and I I don't want that to happen. No, well, that's you know, I like you said, you'll know when you're ready. I feel like with the results you're getting, I think you'll definitely be on the radar when that time comes. Um, but also, like you said, you got a good thing going on with Raceline and KDM, and you're part of that family now for a few years, so definitely would surprise me after this season if the ghost guys didn't uh, keep you around for next year yeah um they're they're real good them guys uh i've been stoked with the team so far so hopefully next year maybe i could do like something like wilson todd's done in the mid-season break and just go over and see what it's all about over there but uh 
yeah, other than that, hopefully I'll just be able to stay with Raceline and do the MX2 series. Are you uh, contracted for Supercross in Australia? Have you, and the other side to that is, have you done any uh, races in juniors for uh, Supercross? Yeah, I'm contracted for Supercross, and um, nice. I've I've only done like arena cross. I have I actually haven't even ridden a proper Supercross track. But right. <laughs> you're going to be uh, definitely thrown in the deep end there, like you said. That doesn't tend to phase you much, though. Um, do you enjoy you know you enjoy arena cross and Supercross from what you've done? Yeah, I've got like a I've pretty much got a Supercross track at my house, and um I've always been real good with that technical stuff. I can put my bike right where I want it, and um, yeah, I think I'll be all right. That'll be cool to see. I mean, it's a big jump up for that'll be technically your first mx2 class race because obviously there's no mxd or sxd at supercross anymore um so that'll be your first real opportunity to race uh those those guys on 250s which will be cool yeah it, it will be but i'm going in no expectations it's literally it's just a learning year for me in supercross like i'm not going to push it and do stupid things and hurt myself so yeah yeah i think the priority for anyone you know rookie year in supercross is staying healthy especially um going into you know motocross next year so all right yeah. well hey man thank you very much for coming on i know you said you're busy tonight so i'll let you go but um thanks for for uh, picking up the phone twice and um we will see you in a few weeks for round six of the mx nationals yeah no stress uh thanks for having me on no worries mate congratulations on the win and we'll talk to you soon see you later guys see you mate there you go duran um i like that kid he seems uh, pretty confident in his ability, and I'd say very confident. He's uh, backed ba- it up he, too. He's backed it up, so he's leading the title. I thought I just looked it up. I thought he'd be leading the uh, championship by a little bit more than he is. I think it's only uh, seventeen or eighteen points or something like that. So um, he's had a few kind of, you know, the mud at round one. He had that fall, had a couple of falls, ended up. Um, I can't remember the exact results now. They're not in front of me, but I was going to say it would be cool if he, you know, had wrapped it up by Maury and could race Coolum. But in saying that, we can't forget about Max Purvis. I know he's uh, been a little bit inconsistent, but at times he's matched Regan's speed. And he, if he can get his shit together, he'll be making it hard for Duffy in this title chase. No, Purvis is legit, you know. Um, well, coming into the year, you had to think, I know you said Duffy was the favourite, but uh, in my eyes, Max Purvis was exactly the same uh, with expectations coming into the year after what he had done last year yeah. and showed that flashes of speed. No, for sure. I think he definitely you got a result. Yeah, he got seventh at uh, Appen. Yeah, that's right. And oh, okay, in the mud. So yeah, I mean, he went for the lead twice in the mud and went down. I um, remember, yeah, he whiskied, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he whiskied full out of that right off the side of the track. I mean, I've been meaning to get him on the show for all the MX Nationals, but it just hasn't happened yet. Um, if he um, wraps up the title, and obviously he would step up to MX2 next year if he doesn't get an MX1 ride like he's talking about, what does Raceline do? Do they kick Jai Roberts off or do they put two... Bikes on the team because you've got two top contenders there that are, yeah. you know, realistically could vie for a championship. So, well, my opinion on that is I feel like mostly um, KDM puts the uh, MXD riders in with David Motorsports. You know, pretty much every year that's what happens, even if they're a standout guy. But I feel like for Duffy, he was at that level where no disrespect to the Davy guys, but I know there's no official factory KDM team this year, but Raceline by default kind of is. Um, so I think it was one of those deals where someone of Duffy's caliber, KDM, would have wanted him under that banner um, as an actual, you know, professional team. 
again, not bagging out Davey guys, but they have their own sort of privateer program, and you see a lot of the MXD guys on KDMs that have KDM support end up there. But for Duffy, I don't think that would have been an option for KDM to keep him. It would have needed to be under that Raceline 10. Bit off topic, speaking at um, Jai Roberts, what's the go there? Is he looking for... Uh, I think I read somewhere that he's hoping to be back for Supercross, which is yeah. From from what I read on the on the releases he put out on Instagram, he said he would like to be back for Supercross, but by the looks of the rehab that he's doing, I I don't know if that's going to be possible. I hope it is for him. He's a really good Supercross rider, but I mean the thing with head injuries, you, you've obviously had some concussions and stuff yourself. Nothing. I've been fairly lucky with all that with yeah. the hit in my head, which is for you never want to hit your head. That's the one no. thing that doesn't really. Is a bit scary at times if you do hit your head. So uh, hopefully he does make that uh, recovery and can be back. I mean, it's important Supercross. not to rush it. But to answer your question, I feel like do they get rid of Roberts? No, I feel like they probably would put Duffy and Roberts on MX2. And with Maros on a 450, that's a like even now, just with all three uh, classes that they're racing, Raceline's got a really strong team. So it does. I mean, that that's a gnarly operation right there. Like they got three really good guys. I, and we also, we didn't talk, did we talk about it on the last show that um, the fill-in for uh, Jai Roberts, which was... Jai Dixon. Dixon got hurt. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, what happened there? He broke his back. Oh. Did we not talk about this on the last show? I guess no, we didn't. not that I didn't. Yeah, no, it was a couple of weeks back. I mean, it's not like spinal cord injury bad, but he did have surgery. I think he had to have a couple of vertebras like... Fused. Fused or something. Oh, holy crap. Yeah. So shout out to Dixon because he... Do they fill in the fill-in? I feel like at this point they're probably we're, just... They're <laughs> probably running out of top contenders that can fill yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, who are you going to pluck off of a KDM to put on... Yeah, there really isn't... Not that I can think of anyone that sort of is a KDM. I guess you could put Barham, who's a Husky guy. Yeah, but maybe. Got a third in a moto. True. I mean, Barham's got heaps of talent, but I don't know whether they take him off of his own deal to do that. I think it was more Dixon's been with the Raceline guys for bike builds and tech for a few years. I think it was more of a step up for him in their program so yeah shout out to Jai Dixon we hope he's okay um so yeah we've got to fill in who's out now for the race line too sorry just on the Jai Roberts thing it's uh reading the press release here from Moto Online saying he's seeing a brain specialist in August and then they that specialist will tell him when he can drive and ride and stuff again so oh, it doesn't if you see someone in August even if you get the all clear like then you got to you know what it's like with bad concussions and, and, and dizziness and, and everything like that. You get on a supercross track where your heart rate's maxed out, you got to get that coordination back. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to see him back, but I just can't see it happening. All right, that must be horrible to have to... we got to get him on the show soon. I didn't want to hit him up as soon as it happened because he obviously able to have everyone hit him up, but maybe in a couple of weeks we'll talk to him and get his opinion on, on things. But um, that's probably going to be a wrap on Management. We're really sorry, guys, if we don't sound like we have any idea about what's going on. But even after talking to Regan, I still don't really have much of a clue on the race format. I think we're lucky that at the MX Nationals, that I, what would you say, 90% of the time NRG runs perfectly and we've got sort of maybe a bit comfortable You're damn right it does. <laughs> You're damn right. right? Um, Those percentages got, can vary, but yeah, uh, for the most part. But I think we're quite lucky. Maybe we've gotten used to that, that you can just sort of tune in. And I know it's not on TV, but it's on your computer and, and everything like that. So It's on demand and live. You can watch every round from this year right now. You try and watch Okay, we're not AMA. trying to advertise try your work, mate. Try and watch any of the AMA right now. It's a lot <laughs> more difficult. You can tune into the soothing voices of Joe Stevens. There you go. Um, nah, it's 
Yeah, you, and those one-off events, like I guess, like, like you said, they must make their money from local sponsors and local ticket sales because they really don't promote it that much. Hopefully next year they will. And and imagine, so you think, how much do you reckon uh, Antignap and Cunningham get show up? Because if you think about it, if even if they got a little bit, like maybe five grand each to show up, and then you put in flights, and I'm sure I hope I would hope that they would bring a mechanic or someone like that. So then you've got what, like a almost let's say an eight grand expense each, that's so sixteen grand. You you divvy that up and give it to the top ten mm. of each class in the MX Nationals, MX Two and MX One. You've got the whole field there, and you can have a massive event. Like, and I understand that it's cool as an international event. You've got those two guys coming over. I but mean, they'd have to be paying, like, anything that wouldn't be coming to Oz for less than, like, what, minimum five grand plus expenses? Well, it had, well I know for what, Hawaii it was only five grand or something they were getting. So mm. um, it's not a lot. But in saying that, it, like, I how much publicity do you get out of having Antignap compared to, a, um, you know, having, I know Metcalf was hurt, but someone like that, like, fund the whole like sort of top 10 of the Aussie guys, if you said we'll give you $1,000 towards getting over there, a lot of riders would go, yep, there's prize money, head on over. I think it's like guys like Ensignap, it's the same deal for him in the States. I mean, he's a rad dude and he's a personality. He does his music. Like he can ride a bike too, but it's not all about the results for him and I think that's probably what they're going for, bringing him out. But I guess if you're the promoters and you think, yeah, we'll get Ensignap and he's got, what, like 100,000 followers or whatever mm. and, and it gets down was- to all those people, wouldn't you think... Let's get out to the Aussies. Like, there's no pr- press on the event at all, so it can't be that reason why they're flying him out. You'll hear it here first. Duran's going to drop a rap album, then go race Manji next I'm year. De- no, I don't have the personality of Adam. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's just interesting to me that... Um, it's interesting. I think, honestly, and it seems like they bring Cunningham out every year. They, they bring, did they? Yeah, he's been out there for a... I, I expected him to be on the podium. I'm not sure how he went, but... Not out Dude, Kyle's legit. Outdoors, though, on a 450. He's still got some pretty decent results. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of look at him as a super... What year did he race? Um, did he race outdoors? Was that Nicoletti that raced outdoors? Yeah, that was year? Nicoletti. It was Nicoletti. Cunningham did Supercross here one year, though, right? He's done it, what, a couple of times? He did Circo in 2009. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And then uh, I'm drawing a blank, but he's been over here before. Yeah, for sure. I know he's done Manji quite a few times, and... Like, they brought Deuce Deuce, entering that back a few times now. I think the promoters there are pretty loyal to those international guys. Cunningham was the man in Germany. He was so fast. It was ridiculous. Yeah, you raced him, huh? Yeah, oh, no, he lapped me, but... You were in the race I, with I him. Wouldn't, no, I wouldn't even <laughs> say that. He was in Germany on that pretty much Play-Doh track. He was really fast. That's some specialty stuff over oh, there, though, isn't it? I hated it. I could not ride it. So Yeah, I mean, I, I know I never raced, like, Germany, but I did race a lot of... Supercross stuff in England and some stuff in Europe, and it was it was either like road base grit or it was like clay play doh. I never thought um, like a hundred percent traction would be bad, but it's bad. Yeah, when you're riding around uh, on a four fifty and like some of the track you were doing at first, it was so tight, it was incredibly tight. And when you land, just just like even if it felt like it was an inch the wrong way, your bike just shot off in that direction because you just was a hundred percent traction. I yeah. just couldn't believe, never ridden anything like it. The rut grabs you and it's yeah. game over. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I think yeah, those those European Supercross guys are. It's a specialty thing. It's not really anything like American Supercross. No, nah, nah, it's like riding enduro cross by the end of the night. <laughs> just so. trying to survive it. <laughs> but anyway. Um. But anyway. That's a wrap-up on management. Let's get to the AMA Pro Motocross now and talk about Colorado and the Aussies over there. 
I thought you would have gotten over that, got that out of your system last week. Not at all. No, no. his eyes lit up when I said America. Like, can I do the sample? I'm actually impressed you got the sample there. It was good. I you got one. I got one. one. Yeah. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Colorado, Duran. AMA, promo cross. Um, start off 250s or 40s? Uh, 250s. 250s. All right. Wilson Todd. Bit disappointing. If you're Wilson, you would be hoping to go out and. Uh, put it in the top 10 to try and, you know, help his chances of getting a ride over there. Yeah. And I don't think that the results, I'm not saying they were bad by any means, but the results he got, I don't think helped his chances of getting a ride over there. So you don't think he's going to be burning his DPH contract like you said last week now and staying <laughs> well, over if, there? Well, if they said uh, come back at high point in round four, Wilson, if I was Wilson, I'd be at round four <laughs> at high point. <laughs> yeah, we, we, got, we got that last week. We got that part. Um, what so, was your opinion on it? Did you think that he hurt his stock by going out and, and... And I'm not saying that these results that he got, they're awesome. What did he go, like, another top 15 result? He went 14-17 for 15th overall. So, I, really good result. But I'm saying if he wants to be a legit American rider on a factory team, which the Red Bull KDM team is, they're not going to hire someone that's getting 15th overall. No, but, I mean, you look at... That's the thing. Like You look at the guys he was battling with, like that first motor he and Davalos were going. You didn't see it on the... The screen, but live timing, they were jumping back and forth the whole moto, and like that's that's Davalos is on pro circuit, and yeah, he's not an outdoor guy, but that's the the depth of of two fifties in America, and I, and like I said last week, like if if our Aussie guys don't get the starts, you're not going to see him in that top ten. I mean, L- Lawrence barely got in the top ten. He was but 10. if if you put uh, Wilson up there at the start, let's say Wilson went out and got a top five start, do you believe he can finish in the top ten? Because I I think he could. Yeah, I don't think top five is achievable, but I think oh, yeah. he, he could be a, a eight to ten place guy. But the thing is, when you combine the two coasts together for motocross, you look back in like seventh and Ferrandis is running around there because he's got a bad start. That's what like, I'm saying. They're like, all legit dudes. And I'm not saying, that's why I'm saying his results are awesome. The 15th overall, that's really good, but it's not enough for TLD to KDM to go far out. We need to sign this dude up and keep him here for round four at high point and but, DPH. But <laughs> <laughs> Burn that contract. Become an American. Um, but that sixth place qualifying at round one, you know how much the Americans love that stuff. Like, I, yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, Justin at, Hill is still uh, getting rides. Yeah, so, and they can Tampa, work with speed. Like, Tampa, he went quad and then and signed sign up. him He's, up. Yeah. We can work with that. That's like Davalos. Do you reckon he'll... I know he just pointed out, so he probably ruined his chances, but uh, he got, what, one... Supercross win at Nashville and pretty much the whole year just can mail it in now. He'll still get signed up or something. Yeah, because, I'm good for another yeah, year. Just, I can win. Do you reckon he retires? I think he does. Because I think he feels like he's too good of a rider to sign with a cycle trader or something like that for Supercross and he won't get a factory ride because look at how many... There's no, ride, fa- like, there's no spaces. Dean Wilson didn't have a factory ride at the start no. of the year. And You're going to sign Wilson over than, Davalos. Yeah. yeah. So, and even look at Someone like Tickle, who's uh, suspended at the moment, but he's going to be coming back, and you'd pick Tickle over Davalos every day. You would, you would. So yeah, I think like I you see. Said. And if you look at him, and obviously we have no knowledge or anything, but he's probably what about five kilos heavier this year. Mm. To me, he's sort of 
you know, he realises that he's on his way out, I guess. I mean, there's two ways you can look at it. Like, he's made squillions of dollars being a 250 veteran, I'd say, over the years. And he could probably fund his own Supercross program on a 450 pretty easily, I'd say. And Well, all he would have to do is do the first, let's say, five West Coast rounds. And if he backs himself and gets the top ten results that he's definitely capable of, he'd have a ride because someone always gets hurt. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're going to take one more year out of your career. Like, you're going to spend money, but he'd break even with sponsors and purse. I guess, but in saying that, why didn't he do that five years ago? <laughs> well, because Mitch Payton kept giving him... Three hundred grand? Yeah, quarter million dollars to sign on or whatever. I don't know what he was on, but... I wouldn't... I don't want to say... I was, we're talking about him, and all I can think about is just send nudes. Ruby Snapchat. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> Duran's like, got to get it out. Send yeah. nudes. I wonder if that still haunts him. Well, we're still talking about it, obviously. I'd like to think he's moved on and hopefully... Hopefully his wife's his moved His personal on too. life has moved on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Wilson Todd. Do I think he hurt his stock with those results? Mm, I don't know, man. It's hard to say. See, to me, like we'll see at the end of the year when Wilson comes out in Supercross because I think no matter what American Eureve brings out or anyone brings out this year, like Serco brought out what Hayes last year, yeah. I feel like Wilson beat them this year you reckon he's got that I think he will step it up once again a little bit more and hopefully not yard sale uh, I mean watching him ride Supercross last year like he was really good the yeah, results so, maybe didn't echo that but man he was fast so for him he could whether he you know doesn't get a ride in America to go do the West Coast rounds he could do that and I would think that he could be a top 10 dude if you half the field mm. um, and for Supercross, like they do, mm. uh, he would be a top 10 guy, like a, you know, 8th, ninth sort of 10th place rider. I mean, look, he could fit, maybe he doesn't go to TLD. Like, I really feel like TLD, like you said last week, they're going to get a clean house next year. I feel like Roger and KDM are probably going to say to him, hey, you guys, we're giving you a lot of money and speaking we need two, to get results. Speaking of the 250 class, you see Smith, what was he running in third in the first moto? And or? just went hard left off the track. <sighs> Yeah, there was that, and <laughs> that wasn't was that? That was also Sexton as well. He did that. Um, oh yeah, Sexton got cross rutted, um, and I thought he crashed, but he saved. It no, because he just went out of camera view. And yeah, yeah. I thought he. Lucky there was no bites coming at the beginning. Yeah, he went moto. across the other lane of the track. Yeah, that was sketchy. But yeah, Smith just. Why does he always end up on his head? Like he's so good, and just sometimes just a lot of the time throws it away. Like his year, he's got to be disappointed. For him coming into Supercross, he would have th- been thinking title contender. He should have won it two years ago, really. He should have won it two years ago. I feel like he's another one of them dudes. Like, I wouldn't compare him to a Marty because he's a lot younger. But he just he's always going to get a 250 ride. Like, they're always going to sign him. Maybe TLD won't, but he'll go somewhere else. Like, he'll always get a 250 ride. Because I, I, he can win yeah. races. He's going to get you on TV. And he's got the speed. Well, he, he was the only one that could uh, give anything to Faulkner. Mm. This year, but it just didn't happen. He crashed it round two and unfortunately his the, wrist. the injuries are becoming a yeah, bit of a thing for at him. What point does the injuries start stacking up too much and then you can't keep getting be a championship contender? That's what happens, I guess, with a rider like that. If you get injured too many times you yeah, it's just you, so much time off the bike. But I could see Wilson Todd next year going to JGR. I could see him going to T L D. Really? to me, JGR has to get some legitimacy to their team. Like, they've got to go out and... I know no one wants but if to ride Wilson, Suzuki, but... if Wilson wants a ride in America... I feel like if they were going to sign Wilson to that team, wouldn't they just sign Lopes or someone like that that they've already had that's 
maybe equivalent to Wilson. Dude, is Lopes putting in money to that team or something? I don't know. I thought he must have been because he was Justin like, Hill putting money into that team. I think Justin Hill's team. taking all the money out of that team. I mean, he's on. They said on Pulp the other day he's on like four hundred grand. I don't know. Like, well, For he Hill. was a champion, so yeah. I mean, he's when he signed on that paper, contract back two years ago. He, he was a champion, and I guess I just Lopes know. was a weird fit for me. Like, I didn't really see the whole. Well, not like he's a good rider. I don't know the kid. Don't know anything about him. It just you had like Peters, Martin, um, Jimmy D. All made sense, and then Lopes is like. Well, well, I remember he was a an amateur, and he had. Uh, so he's been based in the states for a while. Yeah, he's, yeah, and he okay. had Medi coaching him when Medi was not That's racing. Right. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like you must be pulling money from somewhere to have someone of that caliber coaching he's a, you. He's a Red Bull athlete in Brazil. True, he did have a Red Bull. Maybe some Red Bull. I mean, look, and Red Bull not, money's good. It's not bagging Red Bull money is good. It's not bagging the kid out. There's a lot of people that have to put money into their first year rides in this sport. Well, I was thinking, and I have no knowledge of anything, but. Um, you say that like well, you, I'm just you have some like, knowledge of me, something. That's no, no surprise to anyone that listens to <laughs> this show. This is show. just me speculating. I have no knowledge of nothing. Coming into motocross this year, JGR had Justin Hill and Alex Martin. And that was the rumours that that was just going to be the team. And yeah. then a week before round one, it's like, yep, Kyle Peters is racing too. It's just like, did Kyle front up some money? Or like, why did all of a sudden they just go racing with two... Two fifty riders when the rumours were going to be that it was just going to be the two of them. Maybe the money that Kyle Peters should have spent on his van, Darnell, he spent on his entries to go race outdoors, and that's why it blew up on you. Yeah, don't talk about that van. <laughs> right, it's a sore point. Why did you buy his van? He bought Peter's van. When I he bought was Peter's here. van. To, look, I put 80,000 Ks on it in like two years, and oh, it kind okay. of exploded. But yeah, whatever, don't talk about it. Yeah, it's funny. JGR always seems so last minute with budget stuff. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's so hard to talk so about it. So you're saying that they could sign Wilson Todd of that. I feel like JGR needs to, and I know they probably can't with budgets and everything, but they need to sign someone that's going to be a contender in Supercross for the 250 class. Granted, yeah. But well, no one's going to want to ride that bike. Or well, Amart is. I mean, J-Mart. I don't know. Amart. Amart. But he, I guess he was signed for his outdoor <laughs> capabilities. But, yeah. And obviously, I don't know if it's him or whatever, but since stepping on that bike, he's not put in the results that they would obviously be expecting. It seems like no one goes to that team. Yeah, Hill did the same thing. Yeah. Came off a title, went to Suzuki and... You know, you know so. it's bad when... Um, Hill also did that on Rebel KDM though. So I think, and this is just another thing, I have no knowledge of anything, <laughs> but so they were Pirelli a few years ago and then with Barsha kicking up a stink, I, that's what I could gather, they went to Dunlop and then they've done Dunlop the last two years. So they've just gone to Pirelli is things that bad that they've gone to Pirelli? I'm not bagging out Pirelli because they're a really good outdoor tyre, but why would they change from Dunlop, uh, yeah, Pirelli when the riders were complaining to go to Dunlop and now go back to Pirelli? And the only thing I was thinking of is when Chad was had his own team and he had discount tyre, put the pressure on to run Pirelli, mm. are they going to have discount tyre as a sponsor next year? That's a pretty... That's a that's massive a, a jump. a big but, jump connection. <laughs> If, I, if it comes true, I look really smart. I'm just saying. I mean, look, they got the, the NASCAR connection. I, it's worrying you hear about the American media talking about it all the time. Like, they have they have connections to one of the biggest motorsports in the world in NASCAR, and they can't land title sponsors for motocross and supercross with that connection to that industry. But do you think coming into supercross next year, they're going to have riders complaining about tyres? Because 
there's nothing wrong with the Pirelli tyres in outdoors, but if you ride on a supercross track with a Pirelli tyre, those things are soft mm. and they roll a lot. So that might affect who signs with that team if they're a Pirelli team. Well, my only logic with, with Wilson Todd was it's more about if he really wants to get to the States, he might have How to How the hell do we get this far off? We're talking about the two videos of Colorado. I forgot we were talking about Wilson. Sorry, anyway, I Wilson, took it on a tangent. I just, it's my job to bring it back. <laughs> i got to like rein you in and be like, okay, back on topic, no more nudes, Got no all more. these conspiracy theories <laughs> yeah, about sponsors. Coming in with tin hats and whatnot. Um, it might, you know, if he really wants that USA ride, it, he might have to end up on a team like that. I don't know. Um, anyway, let's move on. Hunter Lawrence, you're in. Go 10-7 for eighth overall. That's got to be a little bit of a kick in the nuts for him after how good he was at Parlour. And, and like I said last yeah. week, I was worried that he really You were worried really, that this was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be a big one for him uh, in two weeks' time at High Point, whether he can turn it around. And, and High Point is one of those tracks, if you don't get a start, you are not getting did, through. And I know RJ was up there at the beginning of the motor, and obviously Sexton was too, but... You said last week maybe those Geico Hondas aren't quite on the level of the stadium. Attitude, if yeah. you look at the second moto start, we were just watching it before the show. In there's the four Starbucks like all at the front. Like there's a there was like six Yamaha because they the had that 10. they had that Thor gear on the the orange yeah, could, and that, yeah. the, the yellow the lollipop and like stuff. Yeah, yeah do like you like that. that stuff? Yeah, I got a set of that stuff. It's cool. Oh, yeah, I won't say anything bad then. If you're wearing it, <laughs> I'm sure you could pull off anything. Oh, I can't, mate. On the Cowie, it looks sick. I think it looks sick on the Yamahas too. But those bikes are there's a, like those star Yamahas. If you're on one, it well, that, seems like I remember watching that. I, I was watching it last night, pretty late. But yeah, that first time they did that replay of the whole shot, and it was just um, Master Paul Fernandez, Nichols. Well, even Fernandez was like in seventh or something, which yeah. for him at the moment. And I want to talk to him about that. He's got to be super disappointed with how his season's going so far. If you thought of the star Yamaha team, who would you think would be the top guy on that team for outdoors? And I know Cooper got third last year, but Ferrandis missed the first few rounds and was still, he won rounds. Yeah, I mean, Ferrandis is the guy, but don't forget, it's a long series. I understand that, but it's almost like that Supergoss hangover that you were talking about. It's such a big high to come and then have to just they don't even get to celebrate it and then come out around one in motocross like a week later he'd still be counting his money from the bonus checks he got in the mail and I guess AC's still just licking his wounds and well he's not AC, now he's just he's made motivated, what, like, probably 150 grand in the last three weeks oh, for wins for sure um, doesn't quite match that championship bonus <laughs> getting back to Hunter Lawrence <laughs> sorry <laughs> this is a bad show to getting I'm, back I to Hunter Lawrence um, exactly what you said you, he's, your concerns are about happening, you know, not knowing the track after coming off of all that track time at Pola. Duran actually said something that came true. He said something right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Hell must be freezing over. Um, that's kind of what happened. Now, did he have the speed to move forward? I think he did, but he just didn't get the track position. To, we had to a get crash in one of the motors, didn't he, as well? Yeah. A little tip over or something? Yeah, I think it was the. Um, oh, I haven't watched it. Don't look at me. I this. have watched it. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, eighth overall, it's um, it's a bit of a the step back is, though, from Polar. It, it looks bad on paper being eighth overall with a ten seven, but that class is so stacked that there's. It's Dude, not, if you're top ten in in two fifty pro moto over there, that's that's a pretty achievement. But the thing that's going to separate him from a Cooper or a AC in the championship standings is that they're going to be out there every weekend, and it seems like Hunter at this stage. 
is going to have those flashes of brilliance and also the um you know that obviously the eighth overall like he had on the weekend so um does, does anyone put much stock into this year for him though is it more a learning year and the guy will like go get a championship next year i'm for sure guy put a lot of stock into it yeah but i feel like they have a long-term plan for him in saying that though say they've got sexton hampshire and hunter on the team um for him to be what he's beaten them well i guess he only's beaten them in the one round but uh, he's still in contention for being, you know, the fastest dude on the team. So they can't be too unhappy with him at this stage. Yeah, and that's why, you know, he's coming over from MXGP. Like, I feel like they know that he's going to struggle because the, the USA format's so short. One day, you don't know the track. It's it's a lot to take in. So coming into high point, what do you've got? What do you, you asked me last week what you thought I'd say about Hunter and I said, I think I said 4-3. Mm. So I was way off. What do you expect coming into high point for him? I reckon he goes like an eight five. Really? Yeah, I don't see him being in the top five. That track, it's you know it's ruddy, it's turny. They talk about how European that track is. He's done three years or two years in Europe. They do say that, but you notice that Ferris only got a good moto result. Or he crashed in the first turn in the other race. That's probably not a fair assessment, but he got a good start and he stayed up there front. If Hunter doesn't get a good start, we're not going to see him in that top five. I guess it's it's a tough one at this stage. We don't only three rounds in, and and round one kind of was a crapshoot with him with getting, getting ran the by <laughs> Hampshire. So it's not much to go off really now with Hunter, and I think this high point round for him is gonna be really important for the well, rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, it's the first East Coast. He needs to start it off on a on a bang. And I wonder if um, is he staying west or is he gonna go live on the East Coast for the rest of the outdoors? That'd be interesting. I'm not sure. It would be. Just another expense for him to have to um, set himself up in Florida or any, anywhere like that when it, you're only there in your first year and I'm sure he's getting paid a lot, but to have to be set up again in that in another state is going to cost true. a lot. He's on a four, what's it, four-year contract with Geico? Like, yeah. He wouldn't be short of cash. Yeah, so but it's more, him up if he wants more to logistics, there. like if he wanted to go train with the sandbox, motor sandbox or, you know, like... You'd have to think that's where he would go if he was going anyway. Well, he ain't going to Alden, so... No. There isn't too many of those elite facilities over there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Lawrence goes There's 10. only so many laps you can do around Parlor. This is true. Clearly it worked for him, though, at Parlor. Didn't work at Colorado. No, that's, that's <laughs> not nice to say. He, what, 8, 10, 7 or whatever? 10, 7, 8, though. It's not like if he hadn't done so well at Parlour, would be saying this is another consistent result. It was quite good. But because we saw that flashes of brilliance, now we're, the problem is we're expecting him to come out and podium Yeah, him. it kind of sets that. Yeah, yeah sets that, that, tone. that tone for him. Um, so, yeah, Lawrence goes 10, 7. Didn't see Tyler McCoy in the 40 in the race. I don't know if he did Colorado or didn't qualify. I'm not sure. Um but those are the Aussies in the 250 class. Um, dude, one guy I want to talk about, Thomas Govington. He has shit the bed hard. Is that the right way to say it? He has. There's got to be something to it because... There's something going on that I can't, can't get my head around. GPs. And even if they were on crappy tracks and, and stuff like that that really suited him, you can't be at that level and then go out and be a 20th place dude on a factory bike in the Vivi class. There's, it's just like you're not. on a factory hustler, arguably one of the fastest bikes you can get in the 250 class. You went 30, 27 for what, 26 overall? That's not factory bike material. And Put I feel Wilson like hot on that husky. Well, he was kind of on the same thing, I guess, with KDM, but I mean. You just expect him. So the, the thing is, you've got all these fans like Darnell right now saying, lynch him. He, <laughs> he needs to be kicked off the team in that when there's 
got to be something going on for him to get there. It's like if he took a few weeks off and came out and got a podium, everyone would be like, yeah, it seems about right. But we don't know what's going on. There's got to be something. You like, can't just be that shit. Like, my what's mindset, wrong? like, did he do an ACL in Supercross? Did something that we don't know about happen? Surely he didn't beat his confidence down that much with Supercross. Well, that's well, what people are saying, though. When you're on a factory bike and you whole shot the LCQ and fade back to ninth, wouldn't you just want to go hang yourself? I mean, I feel <laughs> like I feel like you put you on that bike when you were racing Supercross and you whole shot at LCQ, like, you would have made the main. Oh, I would have gone down fighting. Yeah. But, like... <laughs> That like, was your theme of your <laughs> series over there, though. But I'm just saying, no, like, you can't compare me to freaking Covington. No, but I'm saying, GPs, but yeah, but for... That's the thing. He shouldn't be where he is. He, 30, 27. There's got to be something up. And the team for to not put out something, make something up. Make up that he's freaking, I don't know, got, had his dog die and, and he's, he's been down the dumps. Yet. Yeah. He, like... There's got to be something to well, it. is he just saying, because I've heard he's struggling real bad with his bike setup. So is he just saying, I've spent the last how many years in Europe and I've heard the American setup's too stiff for him. That's what I keep hearing online and stuff. Make it softer. You've got a technician there. There's only so many excuses. You've three rounds in now. All right, but question this. He did, did get a tenth of parlor though. So, so does, do, do the American technicians go, this is America and we run it stiff here and this is what we're doing? Well, isn't that what... Um, but he is American, so it's not like he's some French guy or something. Another one with a really hot missus. I wonder if she. <laughs> I wonder if she strays. If he does, if he keeps getting thirty twenty seven, she she may trade up. Your predictions and everything on the racing might be a little bit better if you stop focusing on all their wives and. Jerram puts a lot of stock into the home life into the missus. Well, I'm just saying she's pretty decent. Yeah. He's obviously not doing too bad off the track. Maybe his knee or something sore, but. His results nearly. Well, he might have improving. to up his off the track game if he's not winning anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but something going back to that, we've got to finish up Thomas, Thomas Covington. Yes. Do you think what? Well, he's he, got a two year deal with Husky too. Do they terminate that? Yes, terminate it now. That's just you can't do that on a factory bike. You're going to be silenced when he comes out next year and fixes whatever was going on. Comes out and is a consistent. Top 10 guy. But his, I don't know, the whole argument in Supercross was, oh, he's an outdoor guy. Wait till he gets to outdoors. Now yeah, outdoors now it's is, not happening. He's yeah. shitting the bed further in, in outdoors than he was in Supercross. Like, it's just mm. not good enough. But the thing with for him is, um, I think the reason he was so eager to go over to Europe was because... He's not a Supercross guy. But in now you come back and you've got you to face the music someday and race Supercross if you're an American. He's not good enough to get a MX1 ride in Europe. He's on the verge of pointing out. If he had stayed in the GPs, he, this was his last year in GPs. Yeah, if he had stayed, he should have done that. He should have done it. He had one more year to go after a title. Was he going to beat Prado? Probably not. But, man, he could have been in line for maybe a good MX1 ride over there. Yeah, it's quite quite an interesting one. And it's I've, I feel like something's got to happen for him to, you know, warrant keeping that ride for next year. I don't know how contracts work. I'm sure there's something in there. Dude, take it from me in the motocross industry, contracts don't mean yeah, they don't a whole really bunch. Yeah, they don't mean too much. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Evanx 1 anyway. 450s in AMA. Um, Wait, one second. What was your opinion mm-hmm. on the AC incident in the second moto with cutting the track? Oh, man. I feel like... Um, did you see Cooper look at him when he was like going up the jump face and Cooper so, was like, what the hell? I think that what... Their point of view is when Cooper had seen him jump back on the track, 
he was right next to him and he didn't see that AC had slowed down and, and let the gap come back up. And the fact that he had caught him by the end of that lap made it even worse. But if I think he jumped if, the banners there, why couldn't he have jumped the banners sooner? Oh, I probably didn't want to run it, the risk of it getting his back wheel. But I feel like if Cooper hadn't Superman whiskey throttled into the fence, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Well, he wasn't too happy in the press conference and they've appealed it. So they, those results may change. I think he's salty because... Um, it was good to see some emotion out of him, even though he was crying, Yeah, well, that's crying what like you said. Little, you, he's, you he's, wanted... He's making himself look like a little bitch, but... It's good to see some emotion out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't be, you can't please you, dude. Like one minute no, he's I'm not one emotion of less, and now he's too emotional. No, I'm not saying if he was showing emotion and being an interesting person. Like it is interesting that he's showing emotion, but my opinion of it too is that he's emotion. sucking like a little bitch. <laughs> like, don't crash. That's my opinion. Yeah, all right. Anyway, let's get to four fifty. So Ferris. We finally see Ferris on some good like TV time in the States. Yeah, it was cool to see him. That first motor was cool. Um, and what did he end up? Six. So Six, yeah. kind of that freight train of Tomac and Anderson got around him at the end there. But he was able to hold off Baggett. And, uh, that was a big thing for me. Like Holding off Baggett was, was a good thing. He did look comfortable. But um, the crazy thing about this is if you put Ferris in any race in Australia, like any – Surface and anywhere you'd expect him to win, wouldn't you? Yeah. So in that second moto, when it was dry and and the track was you know normal, he was a minute, I think, of fifteen seconds behind Tomac at the end of the race. Do you think though, like watching, and I was putting a lot of effort into watching him when he had that TV time in the first race. Um, does he look completely comfortable to you compared to how he rides over here? It's hard because you're comparing him watching TV against like Tomac and all people like that. Those guys are absolute freak. Imagine if you put uh, Tomac a minute ahead on an Aussie track, which probably wouldn't happen, but like the fact that they're that much faster than Ferris is crazy because we look at Ferris as, holy crap, you can't really go quicker than that no, around the track in Australia. It's definitely concerning. Like, But I just watching him, I don't feel like he's there yet with his bike set up. I don't feel like he's completely comfortable. Well, this break in the series, so this weekend off is – going to be really help him he's hmm. going to be able to do more testing which he's on the air fork now isn't he i believe so, so yeah. so that's gonna he's gonna have more time to try and set up the bike he's coming into a round that he's done well at in the past the only round he has previously done in america so if he can capitalize True, on this time can, off yeah he could come out and be swinging and be a solid top five guy because he ran what, for 30 minutes of that first moto, it was in fourth. fourth. Yeah. So there's no reason why he can't come out. And, and I think by the end of the series, he'll be. there's no reason why he won't be a top five guy. So that fifth place, I don't think he's going to be contending with Anderson and, and Tomac and all that, but he, he'll be the best of the rest because the only sort of competition he has now is sort of Baggett's obviously having a bad season, Barsh is having a bad season. So he's... Baggett is a guy that I not I don't want to go into detail about, but at what point do you kind of start questioning what's going on with him? Because he's so good, isn't he? Yeah. He just doesn't seem doesn't to make Doesn't seem that. to, unless he's completely comfortable. Like he'll just come out and win a Supercross or he'll come out and win an outdoor, but it's one out of the series. From what I can gather, uh, he that wrist of his is fairly easy to tweak. Right. Um, when he... I think he locked up a bike at Atlanta a couple of years ago and overjumped that jump and, and stuff like that. That was him pretty much just done for good results for a few weeks just because I mean, of that wrist. I respect him because he always rides through his injuries. Like, he never takes... Yeah, like how he was Velcro and his thumb on Yeah, like, wouldn't you just go, Blake, go get surgery, dude, and finish... You know. Yeah, 
because it's got to be disheartening for him to always be so good coming into the season mm. and then just somehow not make it, it happen. It never seems to work. I don't know. I mean, he's just got the potential, but it never seems to materialise. Maybe it is the injuries, but... Um, you know, getting back to Ferris, it was cool to see him hold him off. Um, and it was rad to see him getting some TV time. Some of the lines he was taking compared to like Tomac, and I think the problem was Ferris was kind of riding around by himself for a lot of that moto. And then, you know, there was like that big outside berm at the top of the hill before they they dropped down to that big step up, and and like Tomac and Anderson was railing around the outside of it, and Ferris just had that little cut line just underneath it, and it was it was nice and it was neat and it was kind of smooth, but it was probably 10 kilometers an hour slower than Tomac and Anderson just gunning around the outside. And that raw intensity that we're so used to seeing Ferris have over there compared to those guys, it is a little bit of a shock that he doesn't, you know, he looks like he's the guy on the back foot. He's not that explosive Dean Ferris that we see over here. Well, I think that high point will be really good for him. Mm. He's going to be like somewhat comfortable, you could say, because he's been there before. And then I think we're at what WW ranch. So, um, I'm not sure how we go yeah, I'm there. I'm not sure of the schedule. But but I think Muddy Creek is a little bit tighter of a track, and I think Ferris should get results there. So coming into these next few rounds, he's got this weekend off. He can get testing done. I really think he can not turn it around because he's had n- not bad results by no means, but he can sort of take that next step and, well, it and goes really to, consolidate himself. It as goes a, to show what we said, right? Like we said, the technical, ruddy tracks that are a bit more of a Aussie style. Um, he's going to excel at, and that's what happened this weekend. And we talked about it last week, like who's the more impressive, you know, so far, Ferris or Todd Waters. And I think I said that I felt like Ferris had the potential to go a lot further, and we kind of saw that this weekend. I mean, it's only three rounds in, but Waters was still stuck around that 12 to 14 position, and, and you know, Ferris broke that top 10 quite convincingly. Well, if he had stayed in fourth for that first moto would be kicking up a sink a little bit more I think like 6-9 for what was overall? 6-9 uh, for 8th overall So yeah it's good but if he had had that 4th would be sort of yeah, that's four, only one spot nine, off the podium like, yeah. so, and it's not like he, he was only 2 laps away from that so for him to come out and didn't those 2 laps though, just seem to take forever I was like come on you got it How but cool was it that Anderson just did not give up and did not let Tomac buy? How crazy was it that Tomac uh, had to stop for goggles and still... Well, to me, so do you think Tomac was doing a Tomac uh, in that moto? Or was it the goggle problem? Because when he came back after the goggle change, he was normal Tomac. He charged through, he caught... It had to... For him to pull the film off the goggle lens in the air, he must not have been able to see. So he was either... Because at first I was like, here's Tomac and hard in this moto. And I'm like, here we go. And then all of a sudden he did that. I'm like, oh, maybe. And you notice as soon as he came on the track, he got around Marvin Hill, like nothing happened. Well, he's lost the red plate. So has, has he lost in these previous two championships? Has he lost the red plate? Outdoors? Yeah. Do Not I, that I can really remember. Oh, no, Baggett had it at one stage. So Baggett broke him and got I it. I remember when he had the DNF at Red Bud. Uh, because the motor lockup, Muskin actually had the red plate. So That's right. He has yeah, lost that, it before. that year, Marv had a really good shot at the title. Yeah, he did until he sort of threw it away at the end. Like, Tomac was trying to give it to him and he just didn't want it, I guess. Yeah, Tomac <laughs> did try and give it to him. Marv just. But yeah, in saying that, so yeah, he, he ha- I guess it's only three rounds in. It doesn't really mean anything. But how many red plates is that this year for Roxham with Supergoss? That's got to be his third or fourth. Third or fourth? fourth? Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, we've got to talk about Roxon. That first moto was impressive. But why did he not win that second moto? 
So you're we're saying that Tomax doing Tomax and stuff like that. Roxon has led two motos now with Roxon a five second lead in is both. Roxon in, yeah. And he hasn't won those motos. Like he would be instead of two points ahead, he'd be eight points ahead right now if he hadn't let Tomax. I think the second motos, the track's rougher. I don't think he's completely there with the bike setup. I think the health issue, fitness, and I also think risk. Like he's not willing to take them chances when the track's rougher. But when the track was greasy and slippery with the rain in that first moto, he just made him look silly. What, did he win by 30 seconds? He, like, Yeah, because he was so smooth. Did you see whenever he was on TV, he didn't take his feet off the pegs, he stood everywhere. Like, I don't know how he goes that fast and looks that smooth. The thing with the Because when Tomac goes that fast, he looks like he is going lightning fast. Well, the thing with the American tracks is it seems like that Tomac style really sort of... Works. Works and he can just go balls to the wall and... Yeah, throttle wedged and go for it. But getting back to Todd Waters. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I just like doing it. Um, so he goes 14-14 for 14th overall. Um, Who would have guessed it? I, I know, right? Shock. Um, I mean, that's pretty solid. It's considering the program he's got over there, it looked like it was just basically a, a holiday for the family and, and for his crew. And they were racing and enjoying it. They got some pretty cool privateer T-shirts. I checked that stuff out too. But... Um, you know, not really a standout day for Waters, but, I mean, it's a lot of experience to come back to MX Nationals now with those three rounds. So I'm not too fussed about his American results because it doesn't really mean too much because he's coming home, obviously. Like yeah, he Wilson. ain't trying to get it right over there. But do you think that coming into Gympie in a few weeks' time, like, Waters, it's not out of the question for him to come back and blow everyone's doors off. He was arguably the fastest dude in the first five rounds over here. On and off, he he was always consistently like very fast this year. Uh, do you think he comes in and and kills it at Gimpy? I don't really know what to expect because does that translate to MX Nationals from AMA? That that's the really hard part, isn't it? Well, I guess he's continued racing. He's raced with the best guys in the world, arguably. Um, so for him to come into Gimpy, I wouldn't be surprised to see him win, like win like i would be expecting him to you know win anyway because he has been probably the most solid guy almost we've had this year apart from that dnf at one thaggy yeah so for him and that wasn't like he he kept saying he wants to build and and, you know up his game in this in this mid-season break for the last half of the year he could really do that like i'd say yeah he's definitely he's not injured he's had a great three races over there coming back to mxn yeah, you did could. you see him on the TV at all? No, I don't think I. I'm trying to think. I did. I was not just see watching him, him on live timing. Yeah, uh, it's disappointing that we didn't. The actually live timing. I feel like the AMA motocross this year, Donnell might actually rival. I feel like we'd give them a run for their money as far as production value. Oh yeah, we would. Have you watched any of it? It's what I'm saying. Like people talk smack on NRG, but we'd probably have a budget of about a tenth of what that series does. I honestly think our yearly budget would be not even around. N- not even around. No. No. We were just watching it before we went on yeah. and started talking. They had Michael Moseman telling the viewers that he liked playing chess in the middle of the motor. Like I, I did watch that. and fucks about that. No, I was like, why do we have to see this right now? There's racing on the track. Yeah, it is. With so two minutes to go in a moto, why I mean, would look, we go to we, we work in the TV production for the MX Nationals, so... Yeah, if you don't know. <laughs> you probably know by now, but I am more than, I'm more than uh, accustomed to people talking shit on us and the production. So I'm going to give them a break because it isn't an easy thing to do. But, Jess, man, come on. Did 
Last year, did they have uh, ad breaks during the rap motos? I feel like we haven't. Like, no, but remember what we see on YouTube or whatever is is the live stream. It's not the TV show. Yeah, it's what you see on the um the app. Yeah, yeah. But it's not so much that yeah, if they have to go to ads or whatever, it's the fact that they're putting track previews and and lifestyle pieces like Roxon in the pits with a fan signing an autograph midway through a moto. Like I don't yeah. understand from why the looks of that. Like, would you it can be see their cameras drop out and stuff, and you're thinking, have they got production issues? That's why they go into these pieces as so. a backup. Well, now like it's on M- NBC, NBC Sports, but wasn't Outdoors on NBC last year? It was only Supercross yeah, yeah. that was on Fox. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same production crew from last year. I don't know, but it's just frustrating watching it, and then you're trying to well, see it, what's going on, and yeah, you got to watch a dude talk about how he lo- loves playing chess. Mm. I mean, there's probably plenty Speaking of people about that were, Speaking about chess, podium. He killed it. He's um, Jackson Richardson, one of his good mates, so I'm sure he knows how to have a good time off the track. Um, Even when he's not playing he's chess, slowly, maybe? He's slow, yeah, he plays chess. He's slowly progressed, and, and we saw it throughout Supercross. Uh, he's really, you know, come on strong, and uh, he could be a podium dude next year. It's actually refreshing to see a rookie come up and, you know, other than Cooper, we you know, you see all the TLD rookies and a lot of the other rookies haven't really... Stepped up and Moseman has. Yeah, we've sort of uh, not had too many young guys come in and get those solid results straight away. And he had, he wasn't either. He wasn't a you know you can't say he had very good results last year. No. So for but he him has to it up. work hard and, and get those results now, it's pretty cool. All right. So Ferris eighth overall. He's going to be building towards um, High Point. Waters coming back for Gimpy. Going to be really interesting to see where he ends up in MXN. And Cody Cooper. We got to just talk about that real quick. Something's got to be. Something's not right there. Injury, I don't know. But what do you go? What was his result? 20, 20, 30 something? Yeah, yeah. It hasn't scored points. 29, 30, I think it was. Yeah, it hasn't scored points at all. Um, Since the first moto. So if anyone knows what's going on with Cody Cooper, shoot me a DM, let me know. I don't want to be talking shit on him if we don't know what's actually happening. Surely something's got to be up. It's one of those things, either Coops is killing it or he's back where he is now. So there's no really in between with him. That's the thing. You might just be in Cody about it and... You know, he's kind of hot or cold. Hopefully he gets his shit together and, and, you know, we're only three rounds in. So if he is doing the whole series, he could, you know, hopefully... Maybe he's waiting for the East Coast tracks. But um, that's going to be a wrap on the AMA Pro Motocross segment of this uh, episode. And now we're just going to go real quick to um, Fink, Jacko. The Fink Desert Race is coming up. Um, did you just call me Jacko? I did call you Jacko. I meant to call you Duran, but we have Jacko oh, on the line. Really? So let's just do that <laughs> now. <on> <laughs> Jacko Simpson, welcome, mate. How you doing? Good, man. How you going? Good. Sorry, we're a little tired. Um, it's a little cold down here in Victoria. Um, yeah, it seems, it seems that way. I've uh, noticed on Instagram everyone whinging about the cold and sickness and rain and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're in a different part of the country now. How is it up yeah. there? It's good. It's, it's, sort of, like it's sort of cold. Nowhere near as cold as um, Melbourne. But, yeah, the days are beautiful, bloody. It'd be cold at Blue night, sky, obviously, in the desert. Sunshine and a lot of dust. So, um, for those of you listeners that don't know, um, Jack Simpson is the Honda factory um, entry for the Fink Desert Race, which is going on. Is I don't know heap a lot about this event, Jack. So you're gonna have to fill in the blanks here. Is yeah. The, so this this Saturday we have like a prologue, which is like qualifying. Yeah. Um, everyone gets a chance at that. It's a completely different track to what we race on. Sort of. It's sort of like a really really fast motocross track or sort of natural terrain track. I feel like um, that should suit you really well. Yeah, it does. It usually does. So, um, yeah, we, we got to come up, 
what, three weeks ago and spin like 15, 15 odd laps around that uh, sort of five minute loop. And um, yeah, it's all going to be pretty good. I'm, I'm dialed around that track. So, so you prologue, get that. you prologue on Saturday and then you do yep. the, uh, the first leg on Sunday. Yeah, so you race down to Fink on Sunday and then race back from Fink to Alice Springs Monday. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So what's your week look like? I know you headed out on the weekend up to um, to Alice. So what are you up to this week? What's going on? So so um, yesterday I just had a bit of a ride just to warm up um, and today we've done a, about 200 k's today on our practice bike still. Um, I, I want to have a look up the other end of other end of the track, which is like the Fink end, they've changed a couple of things which I haven't seen. Right. Only got done last week. So, yeah, I want to have a look at that. So tomorrow, uh, me and my mechanic, Mark Sladdick, are going to head up there. The, the other boys are going to do something else. So we're sort of splitting in the group. And, um, yeah, we'll go up and check out that new section. Um, probably still, yeah. Probably the most do. important thing is that Instagram Buddha still there at the finish that you, you blew the internet. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, yeah I've, I've eyed that off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You got it, got it sorted for, for the weekend, yeah? Oh, for sure. Make sure you get it on film, man. That's it. Yeah, I reckon everyone will be uh, swinging off a fence to film it. I said I'll go big again. I don't know how big, but we'll see what happens when the time comes. It depends on the up ramp and stuff, right? Oh, just, it all depends on everything. Like, yeah, you could you could be running up that up ramp for flat tyre, um, no rear brakes, you could clutch fried. You never know. Just hopefully all is well. And we're, all, we're all moving like last year. So and, um, with the build up to it, with the build up to the event uh, this weekend, is it just a free for all on the track? Like, can you just? Yeah, dude, it's gnarly. So there's like today. <laughs> <I'm> right. <laughs> so like today, yeah, it's it's free for all. So like I think the UTVs, which is like uh, the Polaris's and the Can-Am little mini buggies, like the two seater ones. So they're allowed on the track. There's thrifty hire cars on the track. All the pro buggy drivers are marking out their um. I don't know the checkpoints and whatever else they do. I'm not not too sure on what they do there, but there's, <laughs> like I passed six thrifty utes today, um, and probably I don't know thirty odd bikes, if not more. Wow, <laughs> so it's like the wild west out there. Oh, it is literally, yeah. Because so the event organisers like, kind of don't take any accountability for anything until oh, the event. Nah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. They just um, yeah. So pretty much there's just one rule: you ride from. Alice Springs down to Fink until 12, so midday. And then after 12, you have like a half an hour grace. After 12.30, you come back. So like today, one of my sponsors, he's got a um, he's got a buggy and he, he was on at like, oh, probably at like 12.40 and someone didn't know the rules and they're on a dirt bike coming head on with him and he's in a, I don't know, 500 horsepower buggy. Oh, and man. There's, yeah, well, not rookies, but I mean there's, sort of novice riders plodding along and then next minute he's like, oh, my God. So he pulled off a track and scared him. He's like, oh, I'm just going to pull off for another half an hour and just wait because there's just so many. Because it could be their first time and they might not know the rules. And you'd want to know the rules at those points. Like well, there's, there's only one <laughs> real little sign. <laughs> wow. I mean, and that's the thing. It's such a unique event, but it's the biggest desert race in the country. Um, yeah. And, you know, how- I'm pretty sure it's the fastest desert race in the world too. Yeah, I mean the stories. Our average speed, yeah, is really up there for the amount of time we're on the bike. So the stories you've told me from over the years, it definitely sounds that way. And <laughs> how many years have you done the and event just, now? I've done it. I've done it on a two fifty in sixteen, and won the class by like twenty two minutes. And then the next year, I was um, on factory KDM, 
and I had a big stack and broke my back. That's right. Lungs. That's the year you had that yeah, big crash, wasn't ribs. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that wrecked me for a good couple of months. So, yeah. Mm. To the listeners, that. you told me, what, what speed did you step off at? Like 180, was it? No, no, no. Our bikes max out pretty much at like 180 on the dirt. Right. If not a little bit slower, maybe like 175. Um, they'll do 183 or 4 on the asphalt. That's what my bike did last year. But, yeah, I come off at 160 on the dirt. Oh, pretty close, man. Yeah, so like snap the handlebars clean off the bike, snap the subframe like just it was the weirdest, the it was the biggest stack I've had. But if you looked at the bike from one side, you're like, has that even been crashed? If you look from the other side, handlebars snapped, subframe all like sort of just clean snapped. Just must have had two huge impacts and then it just stopped. Yeah, I mean honestly, I still can't. Um, I cannot imagine hitting the ground at that speed. Well, I, I, I can remember it all now, but it was, it's like I literally got ragdolled. I couldn't, you know how when you come off a bike, you always think, oh, sort of tuck and roll or you try and. Yeah, you kind of got some kind of. You don't want to just go of, crunch into the ground. You want to sort of roll it off. Your coordination, like even that. though you're getting flung oh around. Oh, my God. It just, it come off and it, it high side and I try to fight it for about 50 odd meters. And then, yeah, just a bit and like literally spun me 180 and come off the back of it and landed like, – I hit my back first and I was tumbling backwards, like oh. not forwards. I mean, Duran – I just remember dirt – yeah, dirt sky, dirt sky, dirt sky, and then – You've had your I fair share breathe. of uh, <laughs> crashes, Duran. Can you can you imagine stepping off at that speed? No. No. <laughs> That's all I got, no. Um, yeah. All right, so – and then last year you went out and got um, – you was third outright, yeah? Third, yeah. So last year I'd done it fully on my own bat, like, I had a um, sort of bit of support from Peter Stevens and KDM, but yeah, like it, it's like five thousand dollars a um, well for me anyway to come up here each pre-run. So I, I had minimal pre-run because I only done sort of I think I done two or three, and then yeah, plus the race, it was uh, very financially draining and um, stressful on that. And yeah, I was racing the off-road series as well. I had a few other things going on, trying to work and do all that. So I wasn't really that prepared. But I knew when it come to the day, I just sort of just rose to the occasion and, yeah, literally just swung off it the whole way <laughs> and hoped for the best. And, yeah, it got out. up there in yeah. fourth position. I started actually because I stacked the year before. I didn't um, I didn't uh, have a starting position. So that's how it works up here. Like the top 30 have a sort of a set starting position for qualifying. Right. So, like, uh, it was top 20, but I'm pretty sure they changed it to top 30 this year. So all the all the fast guys they get to have a clear pre-run all the the prologue um, with no dust and whatnot and like it's funny a couple of the guys that were that podium last year are actually um, far back like so at about one o'clock you do your you do your prologue right and then with fast guys not finishing the year before we were like four thirty so you could imagine the track. Yeah, completely and different. 650 riders, like, we were right at the back of the day. The dust was just lingering. And, yeah, it was so – that was so gnarly. For, is, uh, is the dust a problem? Because I know last year I heard the dust was a real problem. Yeah, so that that was a problem. So I started in, I don't know if it was 13th or 15th, and, yeah, made my way all the way up to 4th. And on the way back, yeah, passed for 3rd and brung it home pretty safely. So that was just like this year, fingers crossed, I have a good prologue and it puts me in the top – one, two, three, four, or five. Like it, it doesn't really matter. At least you're with the fast guys, and you're not getting held up by slower riders. Um, so and it's just going to make 
make the run so much easier in a way. Speaking about uh, the fast guys, so yeah, safe is what we want. Um, who is your main competition this year? David Walsh, he's a um, local rider. Yeah, so Walsh is doing podium. it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so he's doing it. He's he's a podium guy pretty much every year. Um, and then you've got um, Cal Norton. Yeah, Callum from. I haven't, I haven't seen him ride, but he like just by Instagram and stuff. He ain't going to be slow, um, I don't think. No, he's not going to be slow. He's a big boy and he knows how to twist it. So, um, yeah, he's going to be quick. Um, but I don't really care, you know me, Joe. I sort of, I just, I fend for myself. I worry about myself and just see where the result puts me at the end. It's yeah. too hard of a race to pick what you're going to get, or like you could go around the first turn and well, she's chains off or bloody, who knows? Like, is there so much in it? Yeah, there's a lot of variables. It really is. You've got to get there. You've got to get there. And then when you're there, you've got to go all the way home too. So it's time up. It's time up on the way. Yeah. And then it's position on the way back. So you make your – you have a good run on the way up. That helps you for the next day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. It's more. I mean, I more I ask about the competition just for the fact of the listeners and and you know, oh, for sure, yeah. We don't know a heap of the event. I mean, we. I know, but like we don't. I don't know. I haven't even seen Callum Norton or David Walsh ride up here. Yeah, just okay. everyone's at split times. You actually, do you know, you go to a practice track, you're like, oh, he's going fast, or like you don't get that in the desert. Yeah, practicing. yeah, you don't get that, man. You don't see them. You literally see them go past on a ute with their bikes loaded up. They're finished for the day, or they're heading out. And they're starting from. Like you got yeah, two hundred and thirty six Ks of I'm pretty sure it's two hundred and thirty six Ks of track. Um it's pretty It's hard yeah, to it's, and it's a transition weird. Weird. for you out of motocross and supercross to, to do that, like it's um it's it's definitely different, eh? It was. It it um I know, like as everyone goes, I said, Oh how like how do you become good at desert racing? I said, Well, you either got it or you don't it not being not being cocky or smart, it's just it's the way it is. The guys that have got the bit of screw loose or aren't scared of sort of sending it and have a bit of skill behind them will, will make you a good sort of desert rider. And plus the knowledge and oh, this bike set up. Yeah, there's um, a whole lot to it. But oh, I, I definitely agree with what you just said. Like, I mean, yeah. I, you know, there's a lot of guys that would like – I'm one of them, man. I'd love to go do Fink one year. I'd love to do yeah. some desert stuff. But I, I, oh, yeah. I can tell you right now I do not have that part of the brain that you do that would allow me to switch off and go that fast. It's sort of, it's weird. Like I, like I haven't, I didn't think I was going to be any good. I, I just started slow. Like I started on the 250 and then the very next year I jumped on all 500. So I probably, I jumped the gun a little bit, but I don't know. You just so got to yeah, risk it a little bit. Talk about that real quick. So you're obviously, you're back on a 450 this year. Um, yeah. So how does that go for the outright? Like, does that put you completely out of reach or? No, not at all. So like the two years ago, Damien Stokey, that one of my friends unfortunately passed away, he won it. On a 450. Okay, so it is achievable because it does yeah. not really matter, man. It's sort of it's just on time. So, like I personally think the 500 that's a pretty big bike for me for my build. Um, the 450 suits me better, and like I can tell you right now, I can go through the rough sections and the whoop sections quicker on a 450 than I can on a 500. Um, and the top speed is like, yeah, within only only like one, two, three, four k's an hour. Yeah, okay, okay. I, I thought yeah, it would be bigger than that, but I, it, yeah. is it more the like 500 the just gets there quicker than the 450 as far well, as? Well, not the, really. It's opposite. The 450 will get to a to its max speed before a 500. It's got better acceleration. Okay, but you do physics at a certain like at a certain wheel spin and speed on dirt. A motorbike can only have traction. Like if you had a thousand horsepower on a dirt bike, you could probably only go whatever sort of k's on the dirt. 
Like that's that's just what I'm hearing. Like I'm not not a bloody scientist. You're you sounding I mean, pretty switched on at this point, Sim. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind yeah, of, but I mean, yeah. like you've got wheel spin, you've got wind drag, you've got RPM, you've got gearing. There's a lot into it. Like you could have a an R1 road bike up there for dirt tire and you're on the sandy sort of slippery dirt. I don't think it's going to go, well, it probably will go a bit quicker, but I mean, for dirt bikes, 450 and 500, oh, there's not really that much in it. Hey, Simo, it's done, Um, I'm just wondering, what's the transition like going from the KDM you were on last year to the Honda this year? Like, how's that? Well, that, that was massive for me because, um, yeah, if some of the listeners know, like, I've been on a KDM for the last 13 years um, and went through all of their sort of chassis and frames and whatnot, and they started, like, the last the last sort of, I'd say, from 15 onwards have been a pretty, pretty pretty good bike yeah, KDM wise consistent package, and they haven't yeah. changed that much and I got really used to that and then bang here's a Jap bike and alloy frame not steel um, just different power delivery uh, the ergos the Honda's much thinner than a KDM um, yeah that was a that was a it took me about three four weeks sort of like a full month just on a standard motocross bike to get my head around it and like been spoiled with the hydro clutch and the good Brembo brakes. Um, yeah, you just got to, I don't know, I just, yeah, just, I just put my head down and um, made myself sort of comfortable. And I had to do different suspension settings. Like the Honda felt really low in the front for me. So that was just something that was just, I couldn't get my head around. I'm like, how good does this thing turn? It's just, it's like crazy. It was turning too hard. I was sort of always oversteer, like, yeah, getting st- stood back sort of up thing. or, yeah. Um, yeah, just stood up. I bite in too hard and then front would wash out. I'm like, what the hell? But, yeah, it took me a full month. But then what I said to the boys, they go, Why don't, well, have you been doing much desert riding before I went up to Fink, as in sort of more Hatter setup? I said, I can't. Like, there is nowhere in Victoria to even Get warm close. up yeah. to do this. Like, you just got to put a big tank on, the big wheel on the back, gear it up, steg pegs and just get up here and start start riding that's why we come up pretty early yeah you've been doing a lot of a lot of time up there this year um yeah i'd say this is the most prepared i think i've seen you yeah well i reckon this is pretty much on par to what i was in uh 2017 with kdm so yeah like my team manager mark slatic he's he's done this race 20 times he knows what's involved to be ready yeah, he's definitely a veteran and he knows his stuff. And um, Oh, yeah, he's a veteran and he's he's been around. He knows what works and what doesn't. Um, and, yeah, he's the boss. He sort of says if we're doing 160Ks today, boys, or we're doing we're going all the way to Fink and back, we're doing 460Ks. Like, it's just he knows what he knows what we need to do and he doesn't push us too hard for it to become dangerous because you can sort of um, fatigue at that speed. Sort of thing. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to fatigue, man. You a hand blow off at 160 k is good luck putting it back on, sort of deal. Like you don't want to have arm pump. You just want to man, be fresh all way. Gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. To be honest with you, but um, yeah. So you're gonna get a ride in uh, a couple more times this week, and then yeah. So I rode yesterday, done 80 k's yesterday, just to warm up. It was only because we had to fix bikes and yeah, fresh clutches and oil change and swapping suspension around. You know it, like you name it. Um, today we had a solid day with. Everything organised and we started at a good time and done what I do today, 160, so probably 200, 190, 200k today, just to get the body all shaken up, get the eyes adjusted to the speed and yep. the calf burn, <laughs> yeah. the arm pump and whatnot, get all that sort of flush through. Um, tomorrow, 
as I said earlier, um, we're going to go have a look at that far end of the track because they've changed it a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Day after that, we're going to have the race bikes built and um, like it's funny, sort of we got, yeah, we got to run the tyres in and wheels and stuff because, as you know, with the wheel, you run a fresh wheel and you go near the rim block, it's it's going to be loose or the spokes are going to be loose sort of deal. So we need to make sure everything's bulletproof and uh, run in and yeah. tested. Can't leave anything up to luck at those speeds. That, no, that, it's not like put... supercross. You can't, you can't, or motocross even. You can't nearly ride a. Like I know people that would would prefer to ride a complete fresh bike, sort of yeah, straight every, out of every the time, uh, workshop, yeah. sort of deal every time. Can't. Up here, I'd like to do at least 150, 200 k's on the race bike. Um, drop the oil, put a sticky kit on it and go sort of thing that's what i, I mean, like to do and wear, wear the tire in a little bit let's be realistic like you, you're kind of trusting your life in that bike at this point so oh, you, you have to yeah. yeah you really got to make sure it's where you want it to be and, and you can yep. trust that that's going to hold on at those speeds um, which like with for the like the parts we have on our bikes and just everything's all the same it's not i think other than a bit of like frame flex and all that sort of a little bit old school maybe like i get on a, a new bike now and again, on practice bike, and they sort of feel similar. Like, remember, when I want everything to bed in, or I want all that. That, that sort of old news, I reckon. Personally, yeah, it's just, not. Uh, it's not like that's it used 10 to be. Years ago, steel yeah. frames and you can definitely notice a bike that's got I don't know 50, 80 hours yeah. on it, but it's minimal compared to how it used to be. Yep. See, these ones are fresh, man. They're always like suspensions in and out of them. I reckon I've had five suspension services, probably a couple of clutches in it, dump the oil every single ride. Um, Tire pressures are checked, spokes are checked, everything, every nut and bolt's checked on it. And it's funny, you look at a desert bike, they actually don't even look worn out really when you when you go to wash them up and sell them. It's just the running gear of the, oh, your brake pads don't even wear, but chain and sprockets, um, clutches cop a bit of a flogging, and, and yeah, the internals. Yeah, the motor, so, the motor's definitely yeah, copping the motor. it. Oh, yeah, she copped it. <laughs> you sort of, my practice bike every time I say, come on, baby, start up, start, oh, there we go. <laughs> Well, I think we're going to uh, have to leave it there, Simo. I wanted to have a quick chat before, um, you know, you got into the, the busy part of the week. But um, Yeah, no, thanks for that. You probably got me at a good time because it's pretty getting pretty mad after tomorrow, I reckon. Yeah, that's what we figured. So Fam- Family's flying in. We've got um, oh, yeah. on Thursday they've got the parade and so you've got to do all signing posters and stickers, handouts, and then yeah. scrutineering's a big thing they have for the town too. You get over like, I don't know if they said 100,000 last year, but there was a lot of people all the cars and all the bikes scrutinizing at the same time. So live yeah. bands and Real, people everywhere. Like, it is absolute like madness. Festival kind of atmosphere and Oh yeah. Yeah, literally. Cool. No, they had they had a festival there two years ago. They actually did have a festival there. Well Duran, you're heading up, right? When do you head up? Um I, th- I should probably <laughs> check. Uh, no <laughs> wait, sorry, I was Jay Duran. Um Saturday. Yep. So I'm missing uh prologue and all that, but I'll be Be there for the race, yeah. Yeah, flying Saturday, fly out. Tuesday. Yeah. I think what about the after party, Duran? You'll be there. I don't know. You have to twist my arm. But... Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, put on the box. And we can celebrate. I was going to say, man. Well, hopefully, we can call you up next week and uh, and get you on and talk about um and talk Carol about the win, dude. Out. Talk about that bonus check and everything <laughs> in between, right? Oh yeah, your Reeves paying up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we'll just see, man. Yeah, we'll no. Share. Well, best of Keep luck, Sim, crossed. and um, thanks for coming on, mate. And uh, you stay safe up there. Have a good week, and I'll, I'm sure I'll touch base you before the event, dude. Too easy. Thanks, guys. No worries, man. Thank you. See you later. Bye. See ya. All right, Duran. Um, be cool. You get to go check out that event. Is that the first time you've been? Yeah, first time I've been asked 
pretty much what the last three years to go and check it out uh, with the boys that go and race it. So I, I thought finally I'm not really doing too much. I'll I'll go and check it out and see what it's all about. We know Donnell's been there a whole bunch. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> yeah, I flew to Paris on the weekend on Duran's <laughs> recommendation last week. So. Yeah. Um, no, nah, it's cool, man. I, definitely on my list to do. Think how to. Um, don't know whether I'm going to ride it, but I want to go check it out. I would like to think it would be cool to compete in it, but it seems like a lot of work with the pre-running and. My best thing, I wouldn't want to hit a roo. That would be the only thing that would worry me. I don't know. Stepping off at a buck fifty is pretty scary. Either yeah, way. I know, but if that if that happens, that's your own fault. But if you hit a roo, that's not really. Yeah. True. So. I don't know, man. That's a whole different world, but. Um, it's interesting. It's going to be good to see the results. Hopefully, uh, Jacko can bring it home, but there's a lot of good guys doing it. And, who, who, um, you in, who have you got for the win? Jacko's my guy. Yeah. I, I got to call. I got to, I got to put him on the box. I, think, gee, I, just think I, mean, I know Walsh is like really good at it, and he's, he's won it quite a few times, I think, or he's been in contention. I, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I know a whole bunch about Fink, but I know, I'm pretty sure he's cousins with Liam Walsh. He races... MX Nationals and I stay with those guys when I'm up there in Darwin and, and I get to hear a lot about him but I know he's a pretty legit dude that does it stuff I feel like we're forgetting someone but the podium you'd have to think what Simo uh, Cal Norton and, and Walsh Yamaha oh I mean oh you got gre- that green dude I don't think green does it though does oh okay he? I don't see no. I don't know oh the Yamaha it. guy was um, the rider Jack referred to that passed yeah, away Stokey Stokey unfortunately he's not with us anymore he was the Yamaha guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to pretend I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to sound educated when I know not too much. But it'd be cool to see Fink. I mean, it's one of the biggest races. It's still one of the biggest motorsports events in Australia as far as um, TV entries and everything in between. So hopefully we get some cool uh, cool results to talk about on the next show. And um, I guess that's about it, man. We talked about um, management. Well, we tried to talk about management best we could. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about, which I'll get to now. Um, the the WMX, the Women's National Title, wrapped up at Manjimum, and I was meant to bring that up after Duffy, but we got sidetracked probably because Duran started talking about something. <laughs> um, Megan Rutledge, uh, I actually tried to get Megan on the show tonight, and she did get back to me, but she basically said she flew home straight to the hospital because I think she broke something in her hand or her wrist, and she nursed it home in the final moto to get the the championship done. So that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's cool if she had to finish the race with an injury and, and still get it done. Yeah, so Rutledge got the championship. I think Jess Moore was second and Maddie Brown was third. That's how it went down. So shout out to WMX. That was their rounds three and four. Oh, they rounds one and two at Murray Bridge MX Nationals. Um, so, yeah, there you go. I mean, Rutledge, Duran, she's kind of on another level right now as far as, um, as the women's goes. Yep, so I don't want to <laughs> pretend like I've watched it or anything like that. But well, um, yeah, I mean, in person when you see her at the MXN at Murray Bridge and stuff, like it's pretty clear to see that she's on the level. Did Jess Moore give her a run for her money in WA though? Because she's from WA. Yeah, Jess Moore went. What'd she go? She went second. So they had four races. So she went second and then went one, one, one. Yeah. Okay. So Jess kind of really took it to her. Yeah. All right. Take that back. But I mean, Jess is from WA. Um, but that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's impressive. Um, she must have had what not very good results at Murray Bridge for her. No, nah, she was sort of seconds and thirds, but Meg won everything at Murray Bridge, so oh, it kind okay. of put her yeah, in the yeah. driver's seat for the championship. But a bit hard when the championships four really two weekends. Yeah, two weekends of work. Yeah, it's uh, you know I know the girls are campaigning pretty hard to get it 
bigger and better. And I think MXN are taking it on more for next year, maybe. Don't quote me on that. But, is it, um, it's just hard with Australian because well, there a national, really isn't enough a, women. A national championship, you need a lot of women, you know, that want to do the whole series, and that's the hard part. Um, but hopefully it can grow because the women deserve a place in the sport. But uh, we'll see where it goes. But uh, that's the WMX championship uh, for 2019. And uh, I guess that's a wrap, Jermaine. Like I said, we talked about management. We talked about uh, promoted across Colorado. And we talked about uh, Fink. That's a wrap, isn't That's it? a wrap. That's it. Well, We've got weekend off next weekend. So. Yeah, weekend off. Um, you're going to get some riding in? Well, no, I'll be at Fink. <laughs> oh, yeah, we just talked about that. So, And I don't have a bike, so I'll... You're uh, welcome to come ride my... Stella KX450 whenever you want. 450 will rip my arms off. I'm riding with sort of one and a half arms at the moment, so we'll keep doing the rehab. And we'll put the mild ignition map in there for you. I got told another month I can sort of really start riding. So I got an 07 CR125, runs like 65 if you want to ride that. I got that. two of them. <laughs> you do still got yeah, them? Yeah, I got two of them. So, well, wow. they're in bits, but uh, I nearly got one together. It was just costing me a fortune. Yeah, those so, two-stroke builds always do, man. Yeah, I... Bought way too much titanium bolts and then sort of run out of my budget. But <laughs> it's, it's going to be cool once it's finished. Well, we, as you said, we got a weekend off. We've got two weekends off, really, and then we go to Gympie um, for round six. So we will be back, guys, not this week coming, but it'll be the following week of Gympie. And um, we'll get you guys a show coming out before that. And we'll get a show after Gympie. We'll be back into pretty much weekly shows after that. Um, another good news is I actually finally had the time in my schedule the other day to sit down and figure out this whole podcasting system and editing and whatnot. So I'm going to be able to do some stuff without Darnell here and we can start doing some one-on-ones and some phone interviews. I'll take my redundancy package now then. Okay. Yeah. I'll put it in the mail. Yeah. With my salary of $0 already. So okay. Just call it even. Sounds good. No, Darnell will still be doing the show, but it, like I said, now I can work the system. I can edit. I can get it up. Um, a lot to learn actually. <laughs> so um i'm glad we can do that we'll be able to i'll be able to put out some content during the week and interview and and one-on-one so that's stuff i'm looking forward to i know i keep saying it but it is coming guys it's a lot of a platform to figure out but anyway this is uh, inside dirt show episode nine uh joe stevens Julian stapleton darnell signing off we'll catch you guys for the gimpy preview show in a couple weeks (laughs) 